Welcome to the NBA podcast. Most likely to have their job completely stripped away from them because they're spending more time cooking up trades at the NBA trade machine than they are doing any actual work. It's the hoop beans. <laughs> We're uh, back for another. Please don't joke about stuff like that. <laughs> An employer could be listening. Yeah, I mean, we're back for another episode. And honestly, those trades that we're trying to figure out while we're on the clock, they're for our own favorite teams. <laughs> You're going to get to hear us talk ourselves off the ledge as the Celtics and this Knicks push us further and further. Once we've cooled down from our own personal fandom woes, we'll take a look at a historic beatdown in OKC and try and see if this is an anomaly or if it actually means anything for both teams involved in this bloodbath. Staying on disastrous fan bases, some in the Midwest, we'll see if it really is time to sound the alarm to clean house for fire sales in both Portland and Indiana. Hey, I hope everyone's had a good day out there because things are about to get a little sad and kind of negative on the Hoop Fiends, but let's get into it. Well, if it works anything like last time we shit on teams, maybe we can jinx the Knicks and uh, Celtics into being good again. Let's just give them the Bucks treatment. I know. The uh, yeah, the Bucks or the Hawks treatment. So we'll see. We'll see if we create some magic in the pod tonight. We love to be able to go ahead and, and reverse the curse for some teams. Hopefully it plays good. I mean, reverse I don't know. The Ghost Island th- some teams. <laughs> get them off. Yeah, get them back into the game. Love to see it. I mean – I've just been jumping back and forth in my head with the Knicks, but I thought I was at a good place with them. I think last time I recorded, I was like, hey, this is just who we are. We're a 6C team. We're going to be a little bit above 500. I've gotten even darker. I, I don't think that we're a playoff team, period. Whoa. That, I'm, I'm, like, really down in the dumps, actually. Like, so, let's look at the – I think a big topic I wanted to hit this week with you guys is the Eastern Conference just terrifies me. The Eastern Conference like, is so good. I don't see the Hornets slipping. I see the Cavs being really tough to compete with. Like, if there's only three or four teams that are easy wins, and we've lost to the Magic twice. Yeah, I think it's just going to end up being we have, like, a similar record as last year, but there's many other teams that just get better. Yeah. That's us. But, yeah, my biggest thing with the Knicks, it's, like, kind of uh, along the lines of what you said, John. It's I really kind of expected, like, similar turnout. Like, we're around 500, like – on paper, like nothing really seems wrong except that other teams are better. But when you look at it, it's like we are nowhere near the defensive team we were last year. If no. we were any semblance of that, we would be right where we were last year, a very good team. But the issue is we're just not playing defense. It's it's a Kemba thing. It's a Fournier thing. But it's also an effort thing. I, I don't know whether it's the Mitch problem. There's just so many problems. RJ is not playing well. And it's like really tricky. And it's like cool, yeah, we're five hundred, but when you're playing like dog shit, what does it actually mean? I mean, take a look. Take a look. The four teams that are the seven through ten right now that are in the play is the the Cavaliers, the Hawks, Celtics, and Hornets at ten. All four of those teams are really tough to overcome right now and climb the ladder. I don't think we're better than any of those teams. No, this is not. And that's not saying like I'm still like not like even that negative of like how much worse we are than last year. Like even our team from last year. If it was playing like that, I still think all four of those teams are better than us, like in general. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think think this roster is better too. I think we're just not really figuring our own stuff out. I think we have a bit of a of a rotation issue. I I like that uh, Tibbs pulled Kemba, like that had to be done. Yeah. I think I really like that Burks got inserted into the starting role. I think he just needs to keep tinkering. Yeah, and it's a matter of like finding who fits with who too it's not even like who's better than who because i mean in the first game with mitch coming off the bench we put in noel 
he played okay. And then Mitch played like 20 minutes and had the best game of his season off the bench. And it's like, yeah. maybe it's just that he's needs smaller bursts playing smaller time. He could like put up monster numbers in smaller minutes instead of asking him to play 30 minutes when he's like massive and kind of out of shape. Wow. What's going on with RJ? I feel like he's t- had a big uh, decline. Yeah, one of my most improved Isn't player picks. Started off great. I yeah. think he was lighting things up like the first like seven or eight games of the season. He's just kind of fallen down to I think like he's hovering around like an eighteen or twenty percent from the three. Yeah, it's been disappointing. Um and I think he hasn't yeah, he hasn't been shooting that well. I, I still feel he plays I feel like he plays pretty good defense. I know like the team in general hasn't looked that good, but every time I catch a game with him, he it looks like he's trying very hard. But yeah, I mean yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I feel they, they don't have anybody who is shining at the moment, which I, I think was – that was what made the Knicks last year so special is they, like, the ascent of Julius Randle, and they kind of – so he was basically, like – he was the team's leading scorer, and they had everybody else that kind of fill in or needed to, like RG, RJ and Reggie and uh, D. Rose. Now it seems like everybody's kind of just playing, like, good to mediocre, and they don't have anybody yeah. who's kind of taking over games when they need them to. I'm no, we're relying on Rose and quickly to bail us out. And like, they're amazing, like, compliments. But they can't be the team. You can't have your bench bail you out every single night. I'm standing by Obi Toppin. He needs more minutes. Every time he's in the fucking game, he's, he's dunking the ball. He's running in transition. And you know what? I don't care if he doesn't play defense. Our team stinks at defense anyway. Let him have fun. Let him run around out there. Give him some more minutes. John, where do you currently stand at Obi Toppin? I, it, oh. I know it, this is always a fluctuating topic for new listeners of the podcast, so <laughs> I just want to get it cleared writing for now. I want to get a sloppy toppy t-shirt. Okay, <laughs> there you go. I, I love this guy. Yeah, I think uh, I think he listens to his teammates. His teammates really like him. They all go crazy for him. Uh, yeah, it's more, more impressive than the dunks is his motor. He really like gets back on defense. Is he is he great at like one on one like in the post against somebody? No, but I think he can figure that out. I think he just like immediately adds a burst of energy for everybody else on the floor. So yeah. get that guy going more often. I think you can pair him with someone. I don't think he needs to start just yet, but I think he needs to come off into that second unit role like much more quicker than he is. We just need to be able to be willing to play him and Randall together. Like I love what Taj Gibson did for this team last year and like kind of means to this organization, but just, he's not that good of a basketball player. Like Obi Toppin Toppin should be on the court over him for every single one of his minutes. Like it's, he's just way better. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I agree. I, Taj is just kind of washed. I I, love Taj. Like he's, he's a great, like, he's fun to come in with. Like, if people Good basketball hurt. IQ. Yeah. Like, but it, when you have Obi Toppin playing such good minutes, every time he goes on the court, pretty much, it's like he ignites our team. We play so much faster, and he might make some mistakes. That's fine. He might miss threes. He's not that great of a three-point shooter. But I just feel like the offense flows better when he's out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is it time I, uh, for a trade? Like, is that what you guys think this team might need? Like, do you think we should play, be playing up, or should we just kind of ride out this team and assess things in the offseason? I don't think we could tr- make a trade. There's nothing. Unless people want Fournier. Like, <laughs> and I can assure you that they do no. not. No. Oh, no. Listeners. Um, yeah, we're stuck with some dead assets. I don't want to give away Barrett or Randall, because I think the, 
I don't think the story is done about them. It's still too early to like call it. No, yeah, we have to hold on to them, and they have to bounce back, and they will bounce back. I have full faith they will. Yeah, me Just too. Figuring out what to, the best way to use them is. Right. Yeah, I'm a I'm in the mindset, John, of like. Honestly, let's just kind of ride this ride this crew out for a little bit. Um, I know that they just re-signed Randall and Fournier uh, is on for a pretty big, pretty long deal as well. Um, but I mean, they got some money coming off the the books fairly fairly soon. That they, they they do have to focus on re-signing RJ, and I feel like that should be the main priority um, for this team. So yeah, I don't think he'll come back, and I think I think I do want him back. I think. He really, when he's, I think he's had stretches that look consistent, which is good. I think he's been overall a lot better than, even though his numbers like right now are lower than they were last year. I think he really had like a late season burst that he didn't even have in the first half of the season last year. So I'm here for the long haul. It's kind of weird, but I do think we're like a piece away. I want to get rid of Mitchell Robinson like tomorrow. I think, and we'll talk about this guy later. I think if this team had like a Miles Turner, if that could happen, I don't know how that could happen. It just, I don't think Indiana's that desperate to get like I don't know what we picks and cash for him. I think I think he's more likely to be tacked on to like a contending team. So we'll we'll figure out those traits later. But... Wouldn't, uh, wouldn't spark any interest for them. No, I, I, but I, I don't, don't want to sell the farm. I, and I I don't think I think the Knicks organization is in is in a good place to keep continuing fostering our dumb town. We're not going to make like. A Mike Bibby type of like mid 2010s trade. We're we're okay. I yeah. I trust the Knicks office again, which is still a new feeling, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think <laughs> kind of to sum it all up and like the moral of the story of all this is that like we're not angry yet. It's not time to panic yet. It's mostly just disappointment right now. But like at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, we kind of have a similar record as we did last year, and we're playing like dog shit. Whereas last year we played like the maximum potential. So if we can reach our maximum potential again, if we can figure it all out, there's a high ceiling. And but in in the end, you just realize that the East got way better. There's a lot of better teams yeah. in the East, and it's it's going to be a dogfight for the rest of the year. And maybe in like two weeks, next time we record, we're a different tone. We maybe we lose a few games, we're going to be pissed off. But I just like to think that we'll be okay. That's how I'm leaving it right now. Next yeah. pod could be where I hit the panic button, though. You never know. Uh- at least quickly rocks. Love quickly. Right. We have things to be excited about. That's a really good thing for the future. I mean, I think we're in a similar spot to the Celtics a little bit where I'm just looking up and down the Eastern Conference, and it is scary. How do you feel about the Celtics in their, in their ninth spot right now, right? Do you feel like that's somewhere where they're going to stay or kind of hover around the play and all for the rest of the season? I think they can jump into the top five if things start going well. Um, biggest problem for them, obviously, is the absence of Jalen Brown has really kind of hurt the team. They're just kind of waiting for him to be healthy and get back. And I mean, it's honestly yeah. like to be honest, it's not even like they've really needed him for a lot of this stretch. Like they've been able to they've kind been of good. they've been able to kind of put it up against pretty bad teams. They they had kind of a uh, easy schedule for going on for a little bit, but they they uh, they were able to hang with the uh, hang with the Jazz which was a, a huge game even they lost. They took down Portland. Um, so, I mean, they're on the come up, and even though they are finishing off their West Coast trip pretty tough right now, they just lost the Lakers. They're currently playing the Clippers, and then I think they're playing the Suns tomorrow night, which is just like an automatic L 
I'm just penciling in. But um, and after the Suns, you get the Bucks and Warriors. Yeah, exactly. Not not what you want. But um, I don't know. I feel like with the Celtics, at least they have. If they want to do anything rash, they always have like that. We could just trade Marcus Smart like in their back pocket. Yeah, I don't really want them to do that. I kind of like how this team looks this year weirdly like i don't know i i've i love having al horford back he's been like awesome that's that's um, been the weirdest thing is like horford's been kind of draining shots from three when i watched them play the lakers last night like he was kind of locked in at the top of the key there dude they beat the uh 76ers last week because yeah. of al horford being able to just slow down joel and beat i felt like i was it was 2017 again yeah, that's kind of what they were missing last year too was a real like veteran defensive presence I I no I I've been loving it. He's definitely emerged back. I had a lot of very not nice things to say about Josh Richardson early on in the season, but he's he's been a huge provided spark plug off the bench and I I've been saying they've been missing someone like that for years. He's he's definitely kind of filled like that Terry Rozier hole, a hole that was left over. And then um I know John you and I talked about it recently off mic, but I I think I need to write a book about what Dennis Schroeder means to me right now. He's awesome. It's it's the weirdest thing I've ever experienced in my life where he looks like really good and he's fun to watch and it looks like he's like the missing piece. And then one once or twice a game, he'll just do the single dumbest thing I've ever seen a person do on a basketball court and in some cases just loses them games. Well, I think he's a fascinating mind because he's had a character arc in the NBA like very few had where he was like the franchise poster boy. When you got your tickets for Hawks games, he was right in the ticket. He was on the brochure. He had to sign outside the stadium. He had that, you know, villainous, you know, streak in his personality and that, that streak in his hair. He was like a bad guy out there. But then he kind of found a, a, a very comfortable role coming off the bench. And that's why I love him because I think he is one of the few players that was able to accept that role and adapt to really what his talent ended up being. But then there's those moments where he takes over and he has the Hawks side come out again. They almost lost that game to the Sixers because he, like, put up a little, like, Penny Hardaway, like, fadeaway in the middle of the uh, of the key right by the foul line. And he just completely airballed it. And then they had to win the game on a defensive possession. So I think sometimes he tries to take over too much and be a modern point guard where I like him as, like, a more old-school point guard dishing things out. No, exactly. That's exactly right. Um, I think they're going to be okay. I I really uh, am not too too worried. I've also just kind of accepted that they're they're this is like where they belong. They belong with the Wizards and Cavs and, and Hawks and Hornets. Um, and honestly, at the end of the day, they show that they can beat the 76ers. So if that puts them in like the top four or five or six teams in the uh, Eastern Conference and they're not fighting for the play-in, that is a successful season to me right now. Um, and I hopefully once Jalen Brown comes back, that is uh, that would be great. And I'm really bummed that he's going to probably miss out on an all-star spot because he hasn't been able to play. And you just have the leap power up in your back pocket, just like what if Tatum just continues to get better? That's like maybe half the teams in Bay have that, just like that big limiting what if, like what if your young star just becomes – a full-fledged superstar like that could happen i don't know if like a team like the knicks have that i think barrett's a few seasons away from that and you kind of have two of those guys so 
you have a you have a fun competitive team to watch on a weekly basis. Yeah, no, they're they're definitely and still very enjoyable. Um, Tatum again is taken like an ascent. Like we were we were ragging on him a couple weeks ago, but he's like back to putting up just like elite numbers, and yeah, he shows that he's still like a stud in the making. So sometimes I see him play ISO ball a little too much than I'd like to see out of a a franchise player. I think I think that'll continue to grow the more he has tougher games and the more he has opportunities to close but he is closing out games better yeah i agree i mean i think the main point of this conversation then we want to just wrap everything up is it's kind of hard for us to be so upset with how just amazing the eastern conference is like they are I think we jokingly said it last year. Oh, like the East is better than the West, low key. Like I do remember us saying that. I think now, it officially is. Yeah, now I think it's undeniable. Oh, it's way better now. Yeah, I the top four teams in the East right now, Brooklyn, Chicago, Milwaukee, and Miami, are better than the top four teams in the West. Like Golden State, Phoenix, Utah, and Memphis. I would Golden State and Phoenix. I think belong in, in the top in the top top tier. In the but, league in general, yeah. yeah. I would put – I would say if you're looking at the, the standings right now, if you had to say which conference has, has a better chance of taking home the title this year, I think you'd give the odds to the Eastern Conference just because of the talent there. Absolutely. And even though like, like the bottom of the conferences, if you go like 10 to 5 in each conference, things are pretty nitty – like pretty close in the East where I think like like the Kings to the Pel- – uh, the end of the West goes Kings, Spurs, Rockets, Thunder, Pelicans. Those are all lottery teams where I think the East, I think all the, those bottom feeders are like, maybe I can get that 10th spot for the play. Yeah. I mean, this is like complete deja vu. Like, like this is like opposite day here. If you look at the teams in the play in for the East, they're as of right now today, they're all at, they're all above 500. And if you, and in the West, the, Trailblazers and Timberwolves are technically in the playoffs and they're below 500. Yeah. I remember that when that, that's like the couple years when like the magic of the Pistons were just getting the playoffs by accident. Right. <laughs> yeah, they would literally be horrible, but just somehow find a way to sneak in because the East is so bad. It's literally the opposite. And now yeah. the West has the bottom teams. They were the first round by, but now I feel like whoever, and I think it, we'll talk about definitely transition pretty soon and start talking about the Nets. But if the Nets catch an, uh, a first round game against series against the Hawks or the Cavs. And that's like, it's an interesting series where before it was like a quick sweep. Now they're really fighting to get out of there and be healthy and ready to play for the second series. We definitely go back and forth talking about just how legit the Nets are as contenders. I think things are, I think things are really starting to click for them right now. And it really is just kind of an old school. They have Kevin Durant just dominating. I actually don't think he's ever looked this good. Well, John, do you want to know what's scary? Is like I disagree with you. I really don't think things have clicked, and they're still the number one seed in the East. Right. Well, uh, that's what's scary. I think I don't it's know. Kevin I think, Durant. I think it's. I think this Kevin is their Durant. team, though. Yeah, it's just him taking over. And well, like once I've, James Harden hasn't played anywhere near how good James. No, Harden he's has been, been bad. No, he's he's slowly trying to figure it out now. He's been better over these past couple weeks. Yeah. And um, I mean, Kyrie still doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, you have their center. I don't even know who's playing center for them. Like Griffin, pretty, Lamarcus Aldridge. I think it's Lamarcus. Yeah, they just like flip, but like none yeah. of them play half the time, and it's like what what happens when all these guys like actually are playing? Well, they're not even playing Blake Griffin. 
That's what yeah. I'm saying. And like he's been hurt, I think. Joe Harris hasn't been playing. Patty Mills starts like every game, and I love Patty, so that's fine. But I think DeAndre Bembry starts like every I don't know who the hell that is. Like that's barely a person. But like that's that's kind of <laughs> my point. It's like they're the, they're like what? Does anyone have their record? Seventeen and five, maybe they're fourteen. 17, 17 and, and that's and what, one seed, two seed? Yeah, the one seed. And that's not even playing to half what they could play probably that's mostly just kevin durant scoring 35 a game yeah no it... to me that's clicking though because like if he's just gonna play that good once everyone else starts to file in then they'll be really terrifying right that's yeah that's the point i was trying to make it's like once that happens it's gonna be right they don't have the full potential yet yeah i i i don't know i mean i'm definitely still not a nets fan i, I do not enjoy them but oh, really there, there is something about them this year that is a little bit more fun to watch than than last year. Uh, I, I don't really know what it is. Um, I can't quite put my finger on it, but uh, I, I don't, I don't like have a disdain for them like I did last year. And maybe it's because even though they are really good, they have shown flaws and they have shown opportunities where they look weak or it looks like. Uh, less strong competition can beat them. I'm sorry, I, yeah. I have to interject. Is this like ironic? Are you trying to be ironic right now? Well, I was with why I hated them. Why I don't okay. like them. I, I don't like them. I'm happy I, that Kyrie's not there. Okay. But, <laughs> but I, I was but, like, I don't. I couldn't tell if you're being ironic. <laughs> no, but no. What I what I do kind of like about them is that they don't look like world beaters. The super team that everyone no, thought they were. Exactly. Yeah. I think last year too, seeing them like tack on things as the season went on was miserable. Like the second or third week, they added Harden. Like that's absolutely ridiculous. And then slowly they did like the buyout guys with Aldridge and and Griffin. Like that was just like loading up for what we thought was going to be just a breeze through to the NBA championship. Right. And like at the beginning of last injuries. At the beginning of last year, if you remember, we were all kind of like, like, oh god, like this Kyrie and KD team before they did anything else. Like, this is, like, a championship contender, but, like, it's fair. Like, it, it's nothing more different than what LeBron's yeah, doing. Like, parody it was kind of assembled fairly. But then once they did the Harden thing and all these buyouts, we were just like, come on. Like, this is just back to old shit that we don't like. And that's right. where the disdain came from. And then now that Kyrie's not here, it's kind of back to that same type of thing again. It's like, they're still, like, n- not a team I root for by any means, but, like, if they manage to win it like this, like kudos to them, like they deserve it. It's not yeah. bullshit. Like, We've always been a uh, yes to dynamic duos, no to big threes. Exactly. And I think Harden and Durant, I mean, when they're playing at the peak of their power, God, I mean, is there a better one two punch in the NBA? Maybe LeBron and Davis? I don't know. No, it's not LeBron. I would I would take the Nets over everybody for sure. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and and in that sense, I'm excited to see how their season goes because I don't I don't think that they're going to be um just marching their way through the playoffs in a Warriors as fashion where they're like no, not losing at all. games. Um, I don't think they have a very big window though. I think it's like this year, or next year, and then things are going to really shake up. I'm not sure what the contracts look like for guys besides Art, besides Durant, but. I don't know. I feel like they kind of have to like do this now or never. Yeah, I mean, I think Harden has a player option at the end of next year. He'll, I mean, he'll probably take that, and Kyrie does as well, and he'll definitely take that. He's gonna get paid thirty six million dollars just to sit at, <laughs> sit at home. Are you kidding me? Love that, love oh, yeah. that for him. But I think a lot of it is just like 
they spend most of their money on three dudes, and then they have right. like every all their salaries are tied into this year, except for like Cam Thomas. So I'm, this team that they have right now this year probably will look completely different next year, or maybe That's obviously within a few months because they're gonna have, they'll they might trade a lot of these expiring contracts. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. they it's, just have to be, be they fun. have to be a team that um that has to try to eventually show some continuity because I think the East is going to still be like this and they got to just, you know, capitalize while they still can. It is scary how good Durant can get. He can just kind of like really get any his shot at any point he wants. And I think he actually is scoring from more than anything else this season in, in the mid-range. I think that's really rubbing off in the league. Like the mid-range shots really back. Yeah, no, totally. And it, actually, so this is a perfect segue into talking about the Chicago Bulls. Um, I know we've, we've talked about them before and uh, just how great they are, but uh, it, I didn't, really didn't think they'd be like this fun to watch. And I just have been enjoying every sing, single second of it. I'm really bummed that the Rosen got COVID really quickly yeah. just because he, he looked like a first team all NBA guy. I know. Already. And, and it, looked it, like it was the best season of his career. And it's actually built up on things for coming out of San Antonio. Yeah. And it sucks like the storyline and everything of like, cast off um so I'm, i hope that he's able to come back in full force i'm not worried for them they look freaking amazing yeah and i think they're actually um really surprising me in areas where i didn't think they would be that great and I, I, there was a huge frenzy to get lonzo ball i didn't really understand that but he actually just looks like a perfect player to play alongside really is like a pass first type of point guard makes that team a lot better around him, which is fantastic to see. I think they're really good at closing games, too. I feel like every time I turn on a national TV game to watch with them, I feel like they're always playing and winning close games. They beat a healthy Nets team pretty well this earlier this season. So, I don't know. If that that's if you can do that against the top competition in your conference, that's pretty impressive. 100%. All right. So, again, any- negative for things a little bit. Is there anything to really take away from – the Thunder smacking down the Grizzlies. Oh, sorry, or the, uh, the Grizzlies laying it on the Thunder. Um, I, think, I think there's just a problem in terms of like the Thunder's roster to me. Like they sh- they shouldn't be allowed to have that bad of a roster. Dude, uh, yeah, I know. I I feel like we've joked about it before, but they're kind of breaking basketball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when is it too much where the NBA should start investigating and like finding these teams? Like, like look, I, I get it. Gildas Alexander and Giddy didn't play, whatever. But like, to have that not of a competitive team like out there on the court just shouldn't be legal. They have to like, I don't know whether they like have a salary minimum or what. I don't know. But right. like, come on, dude. Yeah, they scored seventeen points in the fourth quarter. Like they just didn't even care. I like that the Grizzlies like didn't stop though. Like they were going for the record. <laughs> Which I think it is the rec- It was the record for. I think they beat them by seventy three points, which is absolutely insane. Yeah, and I. I mean, I don't. They did this without John Morant. I just. I don't take anything away from it. The Grizzlies side. I think it's just the Thunder might. But the Thunder won today. Like they beat the Raptors. That's the weird thing too. It's like I don't <laughs> understand how they could lose that badly to win. Then it's just so. They might have just like had an off night. They might have just been like, all right, guys. Like, uh, who cares about this? Game? This is like when the week one of the NFL season when the. Saints just blew out the Packers, and we're like, oh, the Packers just suck. And it's like, no, they're actually pretty good. But this is it on, like, a, 
the stupidest possible level because it's just right. one kind of good team and one team who is just god awful. This isn't going to be good for them long term though. Even though I think this is that's their plan is they're planning for the long term with just hoarding all these picks. But like they're they're going to rub SGA the wrong way. Even Dort, I feel like Dort's a piece that every team would like at some point. That prototype three and D guy like. They're not going to want to play for them unless they start cashing in these picks for, for pieces Like at some point. I think that, honestly, a huge part of this is just, well, like the Western Conference is just too good right now, so let's just wait out like six years when LeBron's retired and Lillard's retired and Steph's old, and we'll just, in, in six, seven years, we'll be able to have a real team. I mean, yeah, the NBA really is a war of attrition, just waiting for pieces to move and shift around before it, like, it makes sense to go for it. Like... Like a middle, it's I wouldn't call them a middle of the pack team. They're the third seed, but I don't know. Like, yeah, you know, what do you do if like you're the Wolves, like in this Western Conference? Like, it's pretty good, but the Wolves have been shitty for like ten years now. You have to start playing at some point, and maybe even creating a culture where people want to come play with you. Like, no one wants to come play with the Thunder right now because it seems like the Thunder don't care about the Thunder. Except well, Derek like, Favors. Yeah, yeah. It seems like the the Wolves are actually like a good, ex- a f- decent example though because. Even though that their record isn't great, they seem to be kind of figuring it out. Like Towns is playing well. They hit on the Towns pick, obviously, and it seems very clear that they've hit on the Anthony Edwards pick. I mean, he's looked like a oh, awesome. superstar. And uh, I'm, dude, I think they're they're a ton of fun to watch. Delo's um, having a really good year too. Yeah, he stinks though. Get him out of here. What? <laughs> he doesn't belong on that team long term. Oh, get out of here. I love Delo. Uh, all right. We, honestly, he takes away. He takes the ball out of Anthony Edwards' hands. That's all that matters. Just well, focus well, on speaking, the Edwards Towns duo. If we're talking about panic Knicks trades, that's definitely one in the, up their alley. Oh, I know. They would just like give him like four years, hundred ten million dollars. <laughs> I'm into it. Uh, no, <laughs> you're not. No, that would be terrible. Look at what D'Lo did in the other side of New York. No, that was a rare case of like some guy with not a complete team around him just like getting to go off for a season and they snuck into like a playoff spot. We don't want that. He, he did that for one year in Brooklyn. Look at his the entire rest of his career. I think Cat is more to do with that. Cat's not a winning player. Oh no. Cat's <laughs> the guy. I think the, he, I I hear some loose whispers of people trying to figure out cat trades and just like completely tear down and build around Edwards. I think Cat stays. Like, so that's such a harder thing to find in the NBA. Cat's accomplished nothing in his career. He's never had the opportunity. Well, if he's this well, franchise he guy, Jimmy Butler he and those already. guys, but a bunch of older guys all around him too. I don't know. I think he still needs time. I'm not ready to. If give he up can't on make the playoffs this year with the shitty West. I there's clearly a. This is it. Off. This is the test. I agree, dude. I feel like I feel like they're going to get in by default because again, we can keep harping on this, but. They're not even that good a team, and I'm. They're better than the people below them. John already read them off, but just to restate, these are the f- five teams in the West who are currently not in the playoffs: the Pelicans, the Rockets, the Thunder, the Spurs, and the Kings. I feel like you sit Carl Anthony Towns for a month, and you could still beat those teams. Right. That's kind of what I'm getting at. It will be if they can't then what what do you say then like that's just pathetic about no, no it's, it's it's a huge negative for simple for the fact that they managed to pull off the impossible because I, I would i would like to talk about um as long as we're, we're taking craps on team in the west uh you guys probably know where i'm going with this but the dallas mavericks oh, they're God. currently at 500 like i think they're just penciled in to be the seventh seed because they're not good but 
and, and they're way worse than the I can see them above them. I don't, I, I, don't think, I don't think seven's a lock because Luca and Przingis can't stay on the court. I hate the way Przingis plays. He doesn't have a defensive bone in his body. Super streaky. I just think they went all in on him way too soon, and it's it's weird to see them not even really attempt that much to surround Luca with a with a conscious team. And yeah. I I don't like him this year that much. I don't know. I'm just off. Luca's Luca's like tired. He said, "They're like, dude, what do you mean?" <laughs> he literally came out and said that like after the Olympics, he like took a few weeks. Oh off yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and now he's like thrown off, out of shape, and like, come on, man. And your like, your big take was that the Olympics were a good thing for him. Yeah, it was completely wrong. Like clearly he. Fucked up. He's exhausted. <laughs> Obviously, he, it seemed like he cared too much about the Olympics and like put all his fucking uh like focus onto that, and then forgot that there was a season coming up in like a, a couple months after it. Yeah, all the talk this offseason was that he could be an MVP. Yeah, now I mean, Jason Kidd clearly stinks too. Like he honestly yeah. might get fired half a year into his contract. Like he is not what that team needed at all. But again, it just comes down to their roster absolutely horrible. Like they they just get like huge minutes out of Finney Smith and like Powell as starters. Like these guys aren't good basketball players. Honestly, yeah. the Croatian team might be better than the Dallas yeah. Mavericks. I would rather eat lead paint chips than watch the Dallas Mavericks play basketball, dude. It's like some of the most insufferable basketball I've ever ever had to witness. It's exactly like in 2018 and like 2019 where we used to just watch Harden in. Houston just dribble the ball for 25 straight minutes and either like try to draw a foul drive to the paint or kick it out to Eric Gordon in the corner for him to shoot it with like three seconds left on the shot clock yeah that but imagine if nobody could hit a basketball shot besides Luka Doncic so he holds the ball for freaking ever and then he can't figure out an offense so he passes it to Dorian Finney-Smith who just (laughs) bricks a wide open three and then it's like, all right, well, better luck next time. I'm like, dude, this is the worst basketball I've ever had to yeah, watch. That sums it up. That's pretty much how it works. Like, he's honestly, complaining more than ever. Like, he's not even getting back on defense. His complaining's been not so, that bad. He is chirping for calls like he's earned something, and he hasn't won a playoff series yet. Oh, so you're using this as the anti Luca time. I'm using it as an anti. This in, this roster is Mavericks organization. This. this um, if you put Luca on the Pelicans right now, it's like the same wrong, same thing. Exactly. <laughs> it's, that's his fault. This team sucks. I, they're just they're brutal to watch. But again, the West is so bad; they're just gonna make the playoffs by accident. Yeah, and then what's scary is that like, and then when Luca's in the playoffs, like you never know what the hell is gonna happen. Yeah. She'll like go to a, six, a game six or a game seven. Like he I would has. not want to play him in the playoffs just because of him. Like I don't care how bad they are. Well, especially I feel like teams kind of just like expect to have a slower pace in that first round when they're at the top of the conference, and he just doesn't act like that historically. Imagine being in the coach's room, like breaking down film, and you're like, "Oh man, like what can Maxi Kleba do for us?" It's like he's not going to do rely jack. On that. Well, yeah, they don't... like a lot of media members are trying to hype up Jalen Brunson this year. He's going to be fine for his career. He's Jaylen not. Bunsen. He's not. He's not. A, he's not a, a player you'd want to team up against, like a, a generational player, talent like Luka Doncic. He can't be their third best player. I think he is. No, like that's no. absolutely. <laughs> maybe be like the sixth best player on every other playoff team. 
I feel like we're all yelling about this, and I, I, but I really feel like we're all on the same page. <laughs> I know, I, but, we're, I, we're, but we're all very angry. This team just is just not good. I don't think it's Luca's fault. Maybe it is, but I mean, he's averaging 26 a game. Nobody else can get a basket. They're like, no, he's, God he's actually he's averaging more. Uh, yeah, he's actually right in his sweet spot. He's always averaged eight assists. Yeah, that's right on par for what he does. Porzingis there, uh, looks like mid. But yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is there any way we could figure out a trade? Because I don't think he's built for the long term for this team either. I was going to bring one up later. I, it doesn't really work as much now, but I think like having like CJ McCollum or just somebody else who can handle the ball around Generate here, a shot, yeah. Dude, because this is just like – it. this is an outrage. Like, Get them this, Sabonis. That would be fun. Get them Sabonis. I like Sabonis there. Get them SGA. Get, get them someone who can handle the basketball, please. No one's a creator over there besides Luca, and then he ends up like dribbling in the corner and like looking like Harden at his most problematic. I agree. Yeah, it's it's just tough. All right, well, rant over. Uh, thank you for letting me just do that. They should trade for Seth Curry. Yes. Can we can we flip from your negative rant to a positive rant that I want to do? Okay. Of course. I legitimately think the Cleveland Cavaliers have a chance to win the Eastern Conference this year. I'm to win out. it? I'm flat out saying it on the podcast. No. I'm telling you, this team is special. There's something about them without Colin Sexton that is just mwah, chef's kiss. They play such – they have the best defense in the NBA, straight up. I'm saying that right now. Besides the Golden State Warriors, who are a different level, they have the best defense in the entire NBA. Evan Mobley and Jared Allen in the front court is absolute nails. You can't get through the awesome. paint. I, I love Allen. They have yeah, two of the best great. paint defenders in the entire league. Half their losses, I've, I don't know if I've, I've probably given you this feel already because I just love the Cavs. Half their losses came five or six games in a row against uh, the Nets twice. I think it was the Bulls, the Warriors, and Suns. All five of those teams in a row, and Allen and Mobley didn't play. If you throw out those five losses, they have like a top record in the East. They have the best defensive rating in the league uh, when both Mobley and Allen are on the court. And Darius Garland, actually a star, and he's so much better without Colin Sexton hogging the ball half the time and playing alongside Ricky Rubio, who doesn't even care. And Ricky Rubio has been awesome this year. And they have such the ammo with the Kevin Love contract. They can match any player they want in a trade if they want to. They can give up all their like Isaac Okoro. They have a bunch of young guys that they could trade away. People are interested in Laurie Markinen. I don't think they need him. Laurie Markinen like kind of works too. And they play three big men and it works. And it's it's just so different. And if they had to trade someone though, they could put him up. Right, yeah. right, right, absolutely. And then they could uh, like they can get like a guy like Karis Levert or even or someone from the Pacers or whatever. We could talk yeah. about trades down the line, but I'm telling you. This team is special. They're my new Miami Heat in terms of not. I like that. I don't even like them that much. It's just I just really think they're that talented and good. No, they are super fun. I I, I definitely enjoy them. Well, too. Mobley I, just looks like he's been here for a while. That guy has like no signs of a rookie to him. He like is always running up and down the court. He like is grabbing re like reboard like rebounds. He can really do anything. I just I like it because it's kind of like the inti- like the opposite of how like good playoff teams have been built. I feel like a lot of the times it's just like if you're a general manager for like a crappy team, like on the verge of a rebuild, you're they're just like get guard 
and they just like yeah draft guards for like seven straight years and now it seems like they were like hey why don't we flip some of those dudes and start getting people like jared allen or like we'll sign we get laurie market in we'll draft evan mobley who's like the new face of what a big man will be in the nba I think they're really fun. I actually love Isaac Okoro. I think he's not really great offensively, but what he provides on defense is like unreal. He reminds you of Lou Dort. He's super fun. Um, I think I think they're a great team to watch. I I love every time I, I have them on. Yeah, they're super fun. I'm excited to see what they do for the rest of the season. I think it's it's the kind of team I like. I think it's smarter these days just to keep staying competitive, try to win and see where your franchise goes rather than try to tank. They could have really just been a miserable team for a lot more more years to come, but they're just really trying to stay relevant. I like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on my hot takes along with the Cavs, um, and not only say that like I think their coach could get some like coach of the year buzz. Mobley's definitely gonna win rookie of the year. Maybe some defensive player of the year talks for Jared Allen. He's not gonna win it, but where my real take comes in is not. A, I know he got some comparisons to Anthony Davis, like kind of out of college and the way he plays in Evan Mobley. He's gotten a lot of Anthony Davis comparisons. I think he's better than Anthony Davis already. <laughs> That's not even that crazy of a take to me because Anthony Davis fucking stinks. Yeah. Well, I think we were saying this uh, maybe last time we all just got together, but like, what if in a year or two or even less, what if LeBron just goes back to the Cleveland? What if his big theory is he just leaves, goes places, and waits for Cleveland to get better? Returns home. AD, Evan's better than you already, man. Like, that's pretty – I'm going to just go play with him. I'm out of here. I mean, they're younger, brighter future. But, yeah, Yeah, all the the story – more of the story is Eastern Conference champion Cavs coming at you. I mean, I want that. (laughs) I'm not going to say that I want to lie. I think it's good for basketball. I just think a lot of these young guys would, you know, start to shit a brick come playoff time. Besides the Nets, I just genuinely don't think they could get hot. <laughs> oh, if there's a Cavs Bucks playoff series, oh man, <laughs> that would be so much fun. <laughs> um, moving on to because uh, we were a little bit too happy right there. I I would just love to get into the disaster going on in Portland right now. It's time. I mean, on a managerial level too. The uh, they're getting rid of their GM. Um, some, Neil Olshay. Neil Olshay for but he a work environment. Yeah, and he he should have gone just for being a horrible general manager anyway. He blamed the front office employees and the coaches rather than the failing just same stale roster for the past five years. I swear, dude, if you draft like a, an all-star player in the second round – you pretty much will never get fired because you can just have that sitting around right forever. Like I saw something in this guy. <laughs> yeah, like I don't even know his name, but who the guy in Denver who drafted Jokic? That guy's gonna get jobs forever because it's like, oh well, he found right. Jokic, and it's just like, well, that's just like a lot. Guy sees things. Yeah, he drafted he drafted Nurkic, and I was like, wait, I want I want this itch, and just drafted two good itches, <laughs> and then so traded itchy. one because he he had two. <laughs> such good centers from like random places around the world he found he had to trade one yeah he had to just get rid of them and they're like oh wow like look at you you did a great job it's like this is entirely by accident i just want yeah. you to know that <laughs> um but yeah no they're they're tough it's horrible that like cj's got like a collapsed lung so who knows how long he's yeah. gonna be out for um is he little... even a trade asset after that i don't know i don't know i don't think so um 
Damian Lillard, he's coming back from an abdominal injury, hopefully relatively soon. But uh, not an awesome season, though. No, Even if he start, he's he's uh, averaging his lowest points per game he ever has. He's not doing too well. It seems like the team's just kind of given up. They don't really know what they want. They don't really have a lot of picks either, or like anything to do. So I'm really curious to see how they're gonna move forward with this team because, like, I don't even know if you. Because again, like, I guess the, always the theory that we had was that if you want to trade to go all in one last time with the championship for Lillard, like trade CJ for something for like a bigger package. But with like CJ's new pro- problem, I don't know if you can even do that. I don't really know what the moves are. I think you kind of have to just like. I think ride, before ride his lung collapsed, Lillard. I mean, I don't think Lillard was even thinking about CJ, but Damian Lillard uh, spoke to somebody. I'm not, sure, and I'm not sure if he spoke to the Athletic, but the Athletic broke that he wants to play with Ben Simmons. And the, I, I feel like it's just a weird spot for a superstar to be in, though, to like be trying to call these big moves for his franchise, but not, you know, be thinking about getting traded. I don't know. I think, and then he goes ahead, and just a few days later, he's like, "Oh, any rumors about?" You know, trades being made for the team, like, don't believe that shit. I think he's just hard to peg right now. I'm not sure where his mind's at. I'm starting to get tired of it, to be honest. Dude, Dude I've been tired of it from the jump. It's just so boring. It's, like, horrible. I just really don't boring. understand why they don't trade him. Like, if any GM was, like, comp- like we already talked about his incompetence, but, like, they just need to rebuild and move on. I think before his trade value goes down. It's already going go. down. I'm like, yeah, they, they, they should have done it in the offseason. Yeah, really, you're right. Honestly, and and I think John, to your point, like it's always a slippery slope when you start to give a player keys to the franchise. This is how you end up with Russell Westbrook in Houston and Russell Westbrook in Los Angeles. Um, right. You can just really screw yourself over by listening to your star players, and then another Houston example for James Harden to be like, "All right, now peace, I'm out," and then you're just screwed. So yeah, well, if they have the upper hand in a situation like this, I you should probably take it. I get how important Damian Lillard is to their their franchise, but you guys are going nowhere, and and it's it's it may get ugly fast. So Durkic I, has been pretty bad this year. Like he hasn't shown that he's an actual like you know piece to win. I think he's more. I think he's slowing down. He's had so many injuries over the course of his career. Robert Covington again is just a good player in theory. People tell me that. Um, but Jerry's still out on that one. He can get hot on any given night, but yeah, he's not terribly consistent. It's tough. It used to be fun. They were like my Western Conference team for a while. It's like, oh, wow, if everything goes right, maybe like – I feel like they were like the Heat last year – or sorry, the Heat two years ago where it's like, wow, things just completely click and they all play the beautiful game. I think like two – the when they went to the Western Conference Finals, like in the middle of that regular season, they almost had a 20-game winning streak. Like they just played like a very Spurs-esque like type of game, but now they're just really slowing it down. Nothing but a bunch of ball stoppers on their team. Tears down and just really hope that Anthony Simons pops off. They just think. <laughs> yeah. I think the more interesting team, though, that's uh, that has more options about what they want to do are the uh, Indiana Pacers. Again, they're not – they actually have won some, like, kind of big games this year. But, again, they actually they have an identical record to Portland. They're also 11-14. But they actually have some pieces within Lavert, Sabonis, and Turner that can be moved to some really interesting places, stockpile some picks, maybe get like someone to anchor the franchise to. 
The only uh, player that can't move is Malcolm Brogdon. They just kind of re-signed him to another two-year deal, so he's staying there. But apart from that, I think in the coming weeks, this is about to be a very different-looking team. And I think they're smart to play out of it because, I don't know, maybe they had a very similar conversation to the one that we're having now, just talking about how completely uh, competitive the East is looking. They're not going to – I mean, like last year, they were knocked right out of the uh, play-in tournament. So they just don't have a very high ceiling. So why not just go ahead and strike while the iron's hot? and get rid of everybody, who do you guys think is the first person to leave that team? I mean, we've been saying um, the Sabonis Mouse Turner thing. I just don't really think it works on a basketball level. And I feel like Sabonis going off to Golden State in return for like a package center on Kaminga, Moody, maybe like another pick and – I don't know if they want Wiseman as well, but I think that would be the most sense and probably the most fun to watch. I just, uh, I'm, I'm like, first of all, happy that unlike the Blazers, the Pacers are like uh, embracing having to rebuild and trade away these guys because it's the right thing for their team. Absolutely. Uh, if I were them, I, I would see if I could trade away uh, Turner and Le- Levert. And then, because I just think Sabonis is just like, he's an all-star. He's a really good player. I would see what we could do with him at center and Brogdon at point guard and build around that. And then you trade Levert, trade Turner, see what you can get. As as fun as I think uh, as fun as I think Sabonis would be on another team, I just think it makes the most sense for them as a franchise to do that. I don't know what they're going to do, but I think they could get a nice package back for Turner. He could fit in a lot of places. It's funny. I like when you look at their roster – they actually have like a lot of desirable assets. Like I wouldn't be surprised if like like six of these guys are putting up like important minutes on like other teams. Yeah. Come the, come the playoffs, um, they're they're all like really fun and pretty good. Chris Duarte, like that, they look like they hit on that pick. He looks really really good. Um, He's I, smart. I I like their team a lot. Uh, and what's crazy is they're like. Loki really well run. I just heard. Did you guys know that they haven't had a top ten pick since like the eighties? So that's what the problem is. They're just always in the middle of the pack. They've they've been like a six seven seed since the eighties. <laughs> yeah, they've always been like yeah because Reggie Miller carried them through the nineties and the early two thousands, and then they've just always been competitive. They had those teams with David West and Roy Hibbert and Paul George, and even after. Uh, those guys left, like, oh, Depot, how with them, like, percentage the playoffs. They just can't get lucky enough to be terrible. There's all these talks that um, I'm seeing that the the Lakers want Jeremy Lamb so that they can hold him hostage and maybe get something for, for him. That, yeah. And that, that's good. But, yeah, it, it's either the Sabonis or Miles Turner trade coming up. I feel like you get a lot more with Sabonis than you do getting giving up Miles Turner. And it's not like you're winning anything anyway. So I would rather do that. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's time just to actually move on from Sabonis because he can't play with Turner. I think either of those guys could be tacked onto a team. I'm not sure if they'll end up keeping any one of them. I think Sabonis is more of a franchise player than Turner. So if they want to keep him. I just don't know like how how much that style of play works when he's the only like he's the only guy left in the team. Like, you know, like when you're just the suffering team and not a lot of pieces around you if you're like a guard you can really or like a small forward you can really try to push your team to some wins but his position works well with other uh players around him so i think he will ultimately end up going 
Turner, I always I remember he was a big Celtics uh, trade rumor for a long time. Yeah, like every other year. Yeah, it's right. Like, oh, oh, it's, it's gonna be the final of the year they get a, uh, they get him, and probably not. <laughs> I I don't even know if they need him anymore because they got Rob Williams. So. Yeah, and he's been playing honestly above his uh, above his bar a little bit this year. Yeah, I love him. Some of the most exciting regular season games we've had in a while were the Suns and Warriors. We got to have them back-to-back. Series is all tied up. Is this the Western Conference Final? They're the two best teams in basketball to me. I, uh, the only way it doesn't end up that way is if the Jazz somehow pass one of them in, like, the regular season, like they always do, find a way to get, like, a top seed. Um, but it, it very well, I can't see either of them getting eliminated before playing each other. Yeah, it was, it was crazy watching these games, too, because – to be honest, I don't even know. It's crazy, like trying to evaluate them because this isn't even what the Warriors team is going to look like if if these teams do meet in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like they're going to look completely different with like having Clay there and like who knows if they make any trades along the way. I'm very excited to see how this all pans out. Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest takeaway I had. Um, I mean, you really can't take away much from the second game when Devin Booker didn't play. Yeah. Uh, but the biggest takeaway I had, honestly, was Mikael Bridges uh, guarding right. Steph Curry in game one. And, like, it showed that they can slow him down, possibly. Like, it, there is a potential for the Suns' defense, which has always been good, to take that next step with Mikael Bridges locking down Steph Curry. It's hard to do that, and he was able to do it. So if he has showed he has that potential, if he could do that in the playoffs, anything could happen. Totally. And that's one of the hardest players to guard in the league. So when they're playing other teams, he's going to be even better. That moment made me – actually, I'm going to be a little hypocritical, but I think it was when we were raving about the Warriors in an earlier pod. I was like, I want to just see them just ride out this homegrown team and all these young guys and just see how far they take them this season and then make the big move, move next offseason. I don't know, though. Seeing how much their primary you know, shot creator and just generator of their offense could be shut down when they have an elite defensive player that – on the floor like that. Steph really didn't have anyone to kick it out to that could create their own shot like that. So, I don't know. I am open to this team going out and trying to nab another star because of moments like that. I, I don't think that. when Clay comes back, he'll be really great for them, but I think he's going to be just kind of classic, like, spot-up Clay. I don't think he's going to be completely 100% yet. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, Jordan Poole is a stud. <laughs> I will say that. He's that been guy's like, awesome. one of my guys. For sure. Well, Wiggins too. I feel like I, I just saw something recently that his uh three point percentage is like point one higher than Steph's right now. Yeah, we're big Wiggins guys. I'm I'm happy uh, with this series. I um I hope hope we get a lot more. Yeah, I think we will too. Other uh, any big uh, storylines or things coming up in the next couple of weeks that we should be looking out for? Anything you guys are closely monitoring? Um. No, not not really for me. I, I'm very excited to see uh, what how this all shakes out, especially like what's going on in uh, Indiana. I think is the huge thing. The question is, when will Zion play a basketball game? Oh my god! Honestly, probably. Did you guys see the photo of him the the other day? I know he's always in sweats too. It's never flattering. He's just like the biggest man in the world. I, I feel bad that like I give him so much crap, but it's. It's not really nice to make make fun of someone like uh, that, but I don't know. It 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 is just 
it's just incredibly frustrating for a guy that like we were also excited about. And like when he is playing well, he's just so much fun to watch. He was fantastic last year. Yeah. But it's just, it's, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough to really root for him when it, like, this is something that was entirely preventable. Right. It's just weird too. I, I don't think he ends up re-signing in New Orleans once that opportunity comes because he just doesn't seem like he has a great relationship with that organization. No, I, I, I don't think so either. Uh, my one thing to watch is just the heat. I think they've been kind of up and down. Um, I, we were really high on them at the start of the season. Now they're just kind of – I mean, they're doing really well. They're, I think they're the thir- uh, third seed right now. So I just want to see if they're elite and see if they can, like, win big games in the next couple weeks. Yeah, they, they had a huge game tonight where they beat the uh... – the Bucks. Yeah, they look good with Giannis and Middleton. Even though those guys, those guys didn't play too great, but um, you guys didn't even play at all. How do you feel about that? The Heat owned them. The Heat got their ass kicked by the Bucks in the playoffs last year. Like yeah, absolutely but... smoked. Jimmy Butler looked like freaking washed. Yeah, but the Bucks got their ass kicked two years ago. So hot. Well, the Bucks have a rig to show for it. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, you can't abandon the Bucks boat. Oh, I will always defend my Heat to the day I die. The Heat are the most frustrating team in basketball for me. I I just don't like them. They're they're probably the one team where if they won a championship, I'd be not happy. Oh, I'd be stat. I'd be ecstatic. Oh, Brooklyn. <laughs> I would almost rather have Brooklyn do it. I really don't like this freaking this freaking Heat team. I really do not. I don't know what it is. It's a lot of just this attitude and this like smugness to them that I just despise. Yes. Duncan Robinson is a bad basketball player. He's really slipped this year. It's all about uh, Gabe Vincent and, and Struess over him. Yeah. Stinks. Struess? Yeah, Struess has been good. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine without Struess in my life. <laughs> He's okay. Yeah, do what with these heat guys. All right, well, I think it went well. You know, we had a lot of uh, fans reaching out to us saying, hey, we want more of these starting fives. So um, to quickly transition and put a little cap in this episode, we're going to officially come up with some kind of system where we generate out of a pool of topics we come up with. We're definitely going to have a great one for Christmas coming up, but just to go ahead and take a deep experiment to see how weird we can get with these uh, starting fives with random things, you know, events, objects, characters. We're going to see how far out there we can get with starting five days of the week. <laughs> so ridiculous. Coming out of the gate with the crazy one. Very, very subjective. Week to week. But there, there are some mainstays. I think right. we're learn a lot about ourselves through this, through this exercise. Yeah. So let's, th- let's do it like this. Somebody offer up a, a position and we'll go from position and explain what we think. Let's go with center. All right. Center. All right. I'm. I think. I feel like Wednesday has to be considered for center. It's the focal point of the entire week. It's Hump Day. I think you can go either way, because that's why I, I like center. I like center as Wednesday, because Wednesdays can like be such a fucking bummer. You're in the middle of your week. Like this is never gonna end. It can be like a Hernan Gomez, a Willie Cauley Stein, <laughs> someone who's just out there. So not a good center. And they're no. fine. <laughs> or like sometimes Wednesday, you're like holy shit. This week's going by pretty quick. Like, you know, I, I got to call out of work today. Like, some of these like, random little pop-ups in the middle of the week that are pretty nice. And you're like, all right, 
Survivor's on. Well, the, I, that's exactly. Right. I, th- I think you guys were missing the big point. It's like I always have Survivor to look forward to when it's Wednesday. Right. Yeah, I feel like Wednesday is the the foundation. Well, and it's also the the middle of the week. But it's yes. just straight up middle. Exactly. <laughs> Final right. It's to clog the pan a little bit, but yeah. All right, so I think we have Wednesday in at the center. That's that's an agreed upon one. Um. Yeah, I, no. I, I'm looking to lock that in. Unless, like, unless we draw some other conclusion and reveal something else exciting. It, about it definitely life. wasn't my first choice, but we'll see how the more important days fall in first. Gotcha. All right. Um. So, let's talk about uh the point guard. If I'm looking at a point guard, I'm thinking of the guy who kind of just like just kicks everything off. This is like all the plays are set up okay. and live and die by having like the point guard kind of set up the run the offense. And that's why I would give this one Thursday. <laughs> I was gonna give it to Sunday. All right. See, I'm off I'm off the rails here because I wanted to give it to Friday. <laughs> oh, okay. Explain explain okay. your case. So my pitch for Friday is that Friday to me is the most important day of the week. First of all, it's probably one of the top three days. That's unarguable. But absolutely, the most important part of Friday to me is that <laughs> it, it, helps you, it helps you get through the week. Every day, you're looking forward to Friday. You want the week to end. And to me, Friday is the point guard because it's allowing you. It orchestrates the week. You got to get to Friday. You got to get to Friday. On Monday, I wish it was Friday. On Tuesday, I wish it was Friday. It helps you get through every day knowing you're getting closer towards Friday. So that's kind of the way I'm looking at it in more of a orchestrating type of way and importance. It's probably the most important day of the week to me in that sense. What's the pitch for Sunday, Riley? I was kind of just doing it as like Sunday um, is the day that you're kind of relaxing so it's still the weekend so you're kind of getting your your fun times ahead of you but um also as you tend to wind down the, the day you, you that's when you start taking a look at your calendar and you kind of think start thinking about all right what do i got coming up this week in that sense but i i do like steve's pitch for friday i'm a fan of it i went thursday just because like i think by the time we get to thursday you have to have your weekend in line you're putting a bow on the week so it's kind of doing you know it's servicing both aspects of life. All right. <laughs> if you're kind of yeah, you're like, I don't know, making sure you have all your all your ducks in a row from all the boring business stuff you got to go through. But then you're like, oh shit! All right, like if I don't have my my plans figured out by Thursday, got nothing going on, and like every, every once in a while you can have like a real generational player out of Thursday. Like sometimes you'll go out and have a really fun Thursday night. I feel like you're defining like a shooting guard or a power forward, like a role player, though, not necessarily like the point okay. guard. Okay, someone just constant of all flows through. All right, so you, you want to dedicate Thursday. Sorry, no. Power forward just feels weird for Thursday. So I like – actually, you know what? I, no, I, I like that because I was thinking about shooting guard for Thursday, and that's like too much responsibility. I'll go, the, I'll go with a funky stretch four for Thursday. I feel like it could work with Friday in the backcourt, though. If Friday and point guard Thursday kind of work together in the backcourt, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of uh, I'm con- I'm pulling for Friday here. Friday at the point. Yeah, that's locked that in. But Friday at the point with Thursday at the shooting guard is that? Yeah, I I feel like Thursday at the shooting guard works. I I think Thursday has the opportunity to be really really great 
when it uh when it wants to and at the same time dude it can be freaking cold and you're like god damn it like it's yeah. thursday like this week sucks i still have a whole another day to go i don't even care if yeah. it's friday so it, Can't get the rope. Y- you can live and die by the uh by the shooting guard too i, I would say thursday is the shooting guard but it's definitely like a streaky shooting guard it's duncan robinson yeah. absolutely no kobe for thursday no no way i mean um saturday has to be small forward right yeah yeah yeah, yeah totally. you build your franchise around it yeah, yes I mean, saturday is the most crucial part of the week it's the most fun day by far you have no work the next day and no work the previous day so it's just all around perfect yeah no it's the best you can sleep in um you really don't have a lot of responsibilities rarely do you are you doing something you don't want to do you have to spend a lot of time like like something went wrong something you don't want to do on saturday exactly it's a bad it's a bad weekend if you're Um, unhappy on a saturday that's rough yes so yeah that 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 one's a no-brainer we're locking that one in all right. Tour in your left office, I guess. That's and fine because like Monday a couple of them suck. Yeah, fuck Mondays. Mondays isn't in this. Yeah, power power forward. I, that's a tough one because that's like more like a like a bruiser. Um, I Top like Tuesday. I was gonna go Tuesday for one huge reason. Um, NBA and TNT. They put pretty yeah, good games cool. on there. You get the inside the NBA crew. Um, it's not great. But there are small moments in there to make you happy, even though it's very rudimentary. It's like it has all the right. benefit of not being Monday. Exactly. It's like, all right, get up, go to work, do your stuff, get to sit down, and you get to watch some good basketball, or you get to uh, kind of chill. What about what about the case for Sunday though? Is there a case for Sunday? I feel like Sunday deserves to be included. The, the Sunday the Sunday is fair as as the uh, power NFL forward. all day long. I just feel like it's more important to a week than Tuesday. My only thinking with Sunday, though, is I feel like Sunday's a little bit more versatile than what the power forward can offer. How about this? Uh, how What do you guys think about this? Because I feel like Sunday can't be left off. So how about, how about we think about it like this way? We pretty much all agreed that Wednesday is only valuable because of Survivor. Um, it, it, it serves like one purpose and it's very it, niche doesn't cover everybody yeah and it kind of it can relax you by having like be more of a hump day so mm. if we put Wednesday in at the power forward and then a more versatile Sunday in at the center you get the relaxing time you can also be a little bit more productive with your Sunday that you weren't on Small a Saturday trip, so somebody will work a trip around yeah. or Sunday. it can be it can be a an Embiid in the paint or it can be a Jokic facilitating a it Friday. can really do it all a Friday, Saturday pick and roll would be deadly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think that makes more sense. I think Wednesday. <laughs> I think we were giving a little too much like credit to Wednesday. Um, and I think it is Wednesday more role player. Yeah, I think it is more <laughs> role player, like you said. Like yes, survivors on, but like today, today sucked. I was so busy today, and I was like, it's not even close to the weekend. I had so much to do and still so much to do. Like, fuck Wednesdays. And then but, when the episode of Survivor sucks, you're like, that was even exactly. worse than I remember yeah. it. <laughs> I was, like, I, this was all I was looking forward to all day, and it wasn't good. Yeah. yeah. But I think it plays a more – like, what's more important? Like, what do I look forward to more, NBA on TNT or Survivor? Unless there's like a massive NBA game, it's always going to be Survivor. So I think that's more of a crucial role player still than Tuesday. 
Yeah. No, I, I think I think we're agreed here. Okay. So Friday at point guard, Saturday at center. Love that. I feel like Wednesday at least has a feeling to it. Yeah. And then Thursday going in at the shooting guard with so who ends up at the small forward Saturday? Uh, yeah, then, then, yeah, we have Saturday at the small forward and we have Sunday at the center. I think yeah, is I what fucked it, that up bad. I fucked that up. I don't even remember. Yeah, so I, I think just to close the loop here, it was the Friday day at the point guard. Just you, your weekend lives and dies by having Friday there. Shooting guard Thursday. When it's hot, it's hot, and it's a great time. And when it's cold, it just it can really, really tank your entire week or tank your like entire it. team. Um, small forward Saturday, definitely the most uh, the most enjoyable and versatile. It can really be the face of your franchise. Every every GM is looking for a great day to spend their Saturday. That's what you kind of plan your entire week with your friends as to what you're doing on Saturday. Exactly. In the same way you plan your franchise around it. Power forward Wednesday, a little bit more one dimensional. You you have your you have Survivor to look forward to, and uh, when you don't get that, it can be kind of a bummer. It it can also kind of provide you the leeway of like, all right, this is the hump day right in the middle of the week. We're coming towards an end here, and then Saturday and then Sunday coming in at the at the center because it's the most. It can be the most versatile. It can kind of be the traditional sun weekend day of let's sit around and relax, or it can be. We, we got some stuff we have to get done before the week starts. Let me kind of um, make set. everything work together. Yeah. And then coming off the bench is probably Tuesday because Monday, I don't want anywhere near my team. It's a bad locker room no. guy. No, Monday, stay away. All right. That was probably the most ridiculous one that we've <laughs> ever done in our lives. It's just yeah. crazy that we decided to. If we can do that, we can do anything. It's more we definitely shouldn't have done that one, like as one of our first ones ever. But hey, what are you gonna do? It's literally because John said it 50 minutes before we started recording. <laughs> and we we're like, all right, fine. Exactly. Well, uh, it's, I think it just goes to show that we can do it, and we have a lot of good stuff coming up the pipe. I think we uh, announced that we will be doing <laughs> announced to ourselves that we will be doing Christmas spirits. Some different Christmas characters. I really yeah. can't wait to make my case for uh for elves off the bench. <laughs> we, we we got a whole Christmas episode coming up in a couple of weeks. Everyone could look out for that. Everybody hang in there. No matter what your favorite team is, keep keep uh keep hanging, you know, seeing what they <laughs> what they do and have faith. I'll overall be positive. Don't be as negative as, as we've been. It's very everybody late, everybody. <laughs> exactly. Hang in there. Uh where can we find us on social guys? At Hoop Fiends Pod, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, everywhere. Steve, I can't wait to see you make the TikTok at this one. I probably won't. <laughs> be completely honest. <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck. I think this one could go viral because it's just ridiculous. Seeing <laughs> so you try to do it in the same voice that other people like do in mo- another popular TikToks, like with the mic close up to their face. Like, all right, here we go. So we have Wednesday coming in. <laughs> I'll just have to take it incredibly serious. That way, it's funny. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Do it deadpan. Yeah. Coming, coming to point guard. We got Friday. Friday's clearly the point guard here. Oh, We're man. gonna face the week. <laughs> Love it, baby. Share the TikToks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Catch us next week. Lots, lots dropping. So stay tuned.